Amen. The Bible says this. It says, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazanon Tamar. Amen. I'm going to read that one more time. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazan Tamar. Amen. For just a little bit, I want to teach or preach wherever God takes us. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them this. The battle is on. Amen. The battle is on. Amen. Uh, let's pray. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you. Amen. For this time that you allow us to be here in your presence, Lord. Uh, we ask you that you just uh, would bless, amen, every ear that is here. Amen. That you would anoint their hearts, their minds, and their souls to receive your word today. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to teach on the topic of the battle is on. Amen. I actually got this title. It came by way of um, uh, this weekend, uh, this past Saturday when I was when we came back from San Diego. Uh, my son-in-law and, and my two sons, Renee and, and Larry, um, they invited me to go uh, paintballing. Amen. They invited me to go paintballing, and um, I don't want to get too much into it because I want to uh, kind of use this also as my closing. Amen. But uh, as we were there, there was a lot of people there. There's a lot of people that go paintballing here in El Mirage, and uh, I mean, there was over 100 people, easy. And um, we were there, and I heard this uh, kid, he couldn't be uh, no older than 10 years old. He was suited and booted, and he had his helmet on, and he had all this gear, and uh, he he looked like a ninja turtle, Brother Pete. He he was all just ready, amen, and he had this uh, big old uh, uh, paintball gun in his hand, amen, and uh, he had these uh, things all around his back, uh, you know, with paintball balls inside of it, refills, amen, and when they announced... Uh, uh, paintballers to this area, he said, the battle is on, and he took off running. And, you know, me being a little older and not necessarily, you know, anymore trying to volunteer for pain, you know, I stayed in the back, amen. I was kind of the last one, amen, to show up there uh, to the paintball field. But I, that's where I got my title from, and I thought of Jehoshaphat, amen. And just to give you a little bit of background of, of who Jehoshaphat is, for those of you that don't know who it is, he was a uh, 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 a king that came after uh, King Asa, amen, he came in to reign at the age of 35, the Bible lets us to know, amen, and we find in the word of God that he was a good king, amen, he wasn't uh, uh, one of the typical kings, amen, that was corrupt and uh, uh, that did certain things, amen, uh, um, uh, after they were appointed uh, to the position of ruling over God's people, amen, he was a good king, amen, and he was a fair king, and he tried to, to, to stand out above uh, uh, all other kings, amen, and uh, 
Uh, during his reign, the Bible lets us to know that for 25 years, uh, there was peace in the land. There was uh, prosperity in the land. And that kind of lets you know that when you're a, a good leader or when you're a, a, a good uh, a person in charge, amen, uh, uh, things begin to happen in a positive light, amen, uh, when you're fair and you're just, amen, and uh, you're not easily persuaded or swayed to one side or the other or easily convinced or influenced, amen, by, by outside influences, uh, he, he wasn't one of those kings, and because he wasn't one of those kings, he was able to prosper as the king of Judah. He was able to bring success into the land. He was able to, to, to prosper the people, amen. He was a, a good king that established a good government, can you say amen, a, a, a fair government, amen, one that was going to govern for the people and not for themselves, Amen. And so uh, we always find that when government governs for the people instead of for themselves, amen, there's prosperity and there's uh, success, amen, and, and people get further in life. Amen. Can, you, can somebody say amen? Amen. I'm sounding like I'm trying to take off preaching already. Amen. Uh, but there was peace and prosperity because Jehoshaphat was a black and white kind of guy. Amen. He didn't live in the gray. Amen. He, he, he uh, had the manual. He had the policy. Amen. Uh, he had everything in black and white. And if it wasn't in there, he wasn't going to do it. If, it. if it wasn't in there, he wasn't going to try uh, uh, to go outside of the boundaries. He wasn't going to try to go outside of the policy. He was going to stay within the writings. Amen. Uh, that they had. Amen. And so uh, because he did these things, uh, God honored him. Amen. God honored this man for many years. Uh, he honored him for his commitment. Amen. And for, for his steadfastness. Amen. He honored him. He, he blessed him. He, he prospered him. Amen. Uh, because he followed, amen, the rule of the law. Amen. He, he inquired the Lord in all things. Amen. He just as we heard from uh, uh, Reverend Greg Gonzalez on on Sunday on on how a lot of times we we jump into things and then we try to fix it after we're already knee deep in it. Amen. Instead of thinking things out and going to prayer and establishing a plan and and putting things on paper. Amen. And and seeing it for what it is. And and not only that, but this was a king that listened, amen, to the opinions of those that were around him, amen. He wasn't one of those kings, amen, where, where it's, you know, the buck stops with me and that's it. And the sink, the ship is sinking, amen, and people are jumping off the ship and people are drowning, but there I'm, you know, going to stay steadfast and it's going to be what I want and how I want it. No, this man was a man that took the opinions of everybody and made the best decision for the people of Judah. Amen. But most importantly, he wanted to do what God said. And you know, church, we're living in a time where God is not popular right now. He's not too popular in the home. He's not too popular in the marriage. He's not too popular in the workplace. He's not popular in government right now. He's not popular in society. Amen. It seems like, like, like 
the things of the Lord are being kind of swept under the rug or even being pushed out of the room. Amen. And uh, But this wasn't that kind of king. Amen. This was a king that that honored God and that glorified God and that wanted to do what God said and wanted to put God first. And because of that, God honored him for that commitment and made him great. And so we find in this portion of scripture right here that we read, we find about a surprise attack after many years of of prosperity and many years of alliances and and many years of building up his his military, amen, and building up certain things and, and making society successful, amen. The Bible talks about a surprise attack of four nations, jealous nations. Can you say amen? There's something about jealousy, amen, when it starts to come out, amen. It doesn't matter. You know, jealous people, uh, there's a song that I'm not going to repeat, amen, about jealous people, amen. But when jealous people come out, amen, things aren't too good because they can get ugly, they can get nasty, they can get mean, amen. Jealousy is a mean spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. And it brings a lot of bad behavior. And so in this portion of scripture, we find out uh, that a surprise attack from the southwest, amen, three nations, suddenly they want to move against the nation that is doing good. See, they don't like this guy because, you know, for one, he, he's not like them. He, he's not deciding like them. He's not acting like them. He's not uh, 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 doing things the way they're doing it. As a matter of fact, he's doing things better. Their nation is prospering. Their nation is, people are, are, are being built up. Amen. The economy is being built up. Amen. And these other nations don't like that. These other kings didn't like that. Man, you're making us look bad. You know, our, our nation is, is people, there's civil wars going on and, and there's things happening here and there's things happening there. And instead of, of, of going and, and, and looking at it as a, 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 an example to follow, amen, looking at it as, as man, this guy right here can teach us something or, or we can, we should be going over there to get advice from this guy. Hey, how are you doing it? How are you so successful? How are your people following you the way that they are? How are they being committed? And Judah, I'm, I'm sure Jehoshaphat would have been more than happy to sit down with them and to let them know, hey, first of all, it's God because I can only do what I'm doing if God is on my side. Amen. But you know what? They didn't want to hear anything about God. They didn't want to know anything about good things that were good. Amen. And so their jealousy, in their jealousy, they 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 formed an alliance. Amen. These four nations and they they went to go attack what was good. Don't we see that a lot going on right now in society where where people can be doing good and doing the right thing, amen, but still be attacked for it? How many of you have ever done the right thing and been attacked for it? You're, you're, you're listening to the voice of God and you're, you're being loyal to the things of the Lord and you're being committed and, and you're trying to, to, to do things accordingly. Amen. But, but still you're being attacked. 
And that's what was going on right here with King Jehoshaphat. And the news came this way. The news came this way. It says, a vast army is coming against you. Another two or three days and the enemy would be at the gates of Jerusalem. And after I heard uh, Greg's message on Sunday, I thought about that decisive moment where here we find a good man. We find a righteous man. We find a man doing everything that he can to do and to lead his people according to the word of God. And now after 25 years, this man finds himself having to make a decision. He was at a crossroads in his life. Having to choose because evil was knocking on his door. Satan was at his door, brother Peter. And it was time for this man to make a decision, not only for himself, but he had to make it for his family. He had to make it for his children. He had to make that decision for his grandkids. He had to make that decision for the people that God had placed over him to lead. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like those kind of decisions. I don't like being pushed into the corner. Amen. And I'm sure you don't like to be pushed into the corner either. But this was something that came and it landed on his table and he says, hey, you got four nations, not one, not two, not three, but you got four nations that are about two days out that are coming to wipe you out. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? That's powerful stuff because in my mind, I'm standing there in the crowd and I'm like, all right, bro, you're in charge. You're the king. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? Amen. And I'm thinking to myself that even as a man, even as a strong man that I think that I am, I feel that I am physically, even as a, a strong man and, and, and uh, I got a good head on my shoulders, amen, and, and uh, I'm pretty quick, amen, I'm pretty witty when it comes to prob problem solving, amen, and, and uh, uh, I, I want to say seven out of, out of ten times I, I get it right, amen, you know, we're, we're not perfect, we get it wrong sometimes, amen, and, and you know, trial and error, and, and, and we learn from our mistakes, can you say amen, but as a man... Many men, like Greg was saying, do many things when they're confronted with crisis. And sometimes they do the right thing, and sometimes they do the wrong thing when they're faced with crisis. 
Amen. There are some that will stand there and they'll make the right decision and they'll do the right thing. Amen. And they won't be led or swayed, persuaded or they won't be influenced. Amen. But then there are those that will give up. Amen. And they'll throw in the towel and they'll, they'll give in to the enemy and they'll open the doors and they'll open the gates and they'll let Satan come all up inside of their house. Amen. There are men that will stand and there are men that will lay down. Amen. There's some that'll panic. Amen. And you know, there are some that'll even deny that there's even a problem. Have you ever come across somebody and you know something's going on in their life? You know they're having these issues and you know that they're doing, you know, certain things. And, and, and you ask them, hey, how's everything going? Oh, everything's perfect, Pastor. Everything's fine. Oh, my God, we're living our best life right now. And you know you're lying. Now, I'm not saying you got to roll out all your business right there for me to hear. Oh, pastor, you know, we just got into uh, this and, and been fighting and, you know, and, and my wife this or my son that or my daughter this or this and that or my job or this. Some, you got to watch out who you ask that to. Because they'll keep you there for an hour. And you're like, oh, my God, all I did was ask how you're doing. Amen. But you got to hand it to those people. Because they're letting you know, amen, that they're human. And they got problems and they're here because they need God. Amen. Amen. Because I know that I need God and I got problems in my life, in my job, in my thing, whatever I got going on. And so that's why I come to the house of the Lord to hear a message, to get me through the week, to get me through the day, to get me through the month, even if it's just to get me through the night. Amen. And so I love that this man right here, amen, his response was powerful, Brother Greg. It was powerful, and it goes along with what you were talking about on Sunday, and I love that God gave it to me. Amen, I was sitting in your office that day when I received the phone call. Amen, that said, Pastor, and I said, don't worry about it, brother, I got it. And as soon as I got in my truck, the Lord started downloading, and I came straight to my office and started writing my notes, and a lot of it lined up with what you were talking about because, you know, I could have very easily said no. But I like his response because there are so many people that cover up, that give up, that panic, that deny there's even a problem. Amen. But not Jehoshaphat because in verse 3, Jehoshaphat says this. It says, Jehoshaphat feared. Of course he feared. Who wouldn't be afraid? When you got four names, when your life is on the line, when your family's life is on the line, when your children about to be massacred, who would not be afraid? The Bible says that he feared. 
But instead of throwing in the towel, instead of running away from the problem, instead of leaving people to fend for themselves, instead of walking away and washing his hands and giving up the throne, amen, the Bible says that he set himself to seek the Lord. He sought the Lord in his time of need. He sought the Lord in his time of fear. He sought the Lord in his time of anxiety. He sought the Lord. Amen. And and I want to tell somebody today that it's not the crisis that destroys the man. Amen. It's not the crisis that destroys the man. It's what we do or what we don't do when the crisis hits. It's not the crisis that kills us. It's our response that kills us. Amen. And there's no one, there is no one that can avoid a time like this. Or a time like this. Nobody. I don't care who you are. I don't care how sanctified you think you are. I don't care how holy you think you are. I don't care if you float and your feet never touch the ground. You're going to have crisis. And you're going to be faced with troubles in your life. Amen. Everyone will have a Jehoshaphat moment in their life. We will all be faced with a crisis, whether it's in our marriage, Brother Greg, or whether it's in our jobs, or whether it's in our relationships, or whether it's with our our children, or whether it's with our grandchildren, or whether it's with our neighbor, amen, or our bosses, or within ourselves. We're going to have crisis. We're going to go through things. And we're going to stand at the crossroads one day and have to make a decision. And there are too many men. There are too many women, Brother Greg, that are cowering, brother. I hate to say it because it's not a good word. Amen. But they're cowering to the enemy. They're giving in to the devil. They're giving in to their feelings. They're giving in to their emotions. And they're throwing in the towel. And they're not just throwing it in for them. They're throwing it in for their wives and for their children and for their children's children. Amen. Why? Because they refuse to seek God in their time of need in that midnight hour oh what does God say that it may last that weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning it's only going to be for a little while brother it's only going to be for a little while sister because weeping may endure for a night but when when the sun comes when God shows up there is joy there is peace amen there's long suffering every attribute that God has when he walks in the room there's healing there's restoring there's deliverance all of those things have to flee when God comes in into the room God we said we weren't going to preach tonight let's give God a round of applause amen amen 
And so we find that Jehoshaphat was placed in a, in a, in a position where he had to make a decision. What am I going to do? We're talking about a good man who didn't deserve this. How many of you have ever gone through something and you, 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 you I don't deserve this. I, I'm faithful to God. I, I, I go to church service. I serve. I'm in the ministry. I give alms. I do certain things. I'm good to people. I feed the homeless. Amen. I, I do all these things. Amen. And, and I'm still sick. And I'm still broke. Amen. And I'm, I'm still having problems in my marriage. My kids are still wayward. Amen. And out there in the world, oh my God, my job just let me go. And now I don't don't know how I'm going to feed my family but I'm faithful and we wonder and I'm sure that Jehoshaphat found himself in that place of questioning and can I tell you today church that it's okay to question it's okay to question God it's it's even okay to wrestle with God He said, no, I just have to bow down and cow. No! Take your fight before the Lord. We've seen many examples in the word of God where these fights and these prayers and these fastings and the steadfastness of godliness changed the heart of God and moved the hand of God for a different outcome. Amen. That's what God is looking for. Somebody's gonna that's gonna fight for what is right and not bow down to the enemy. Can you say amen? Amen. And so the first few moments, the first few hours, the first few days, the way you respond when your back is up against the wall, that's how you're gonna discover what you're made of. I can tell you right now that the last 16 years, I have not lived. A fairy tale life. I can tell you that right now. And this goes all the way back to my birth. I've seen it all. I've witnessed it all. And I've done it all. Amen. But when your back is against the wall. And the decisions that you make in your life will define who you are. And you say amen. Amen. You see, because Jehoshaphat found himself in a peculiar place. Amen. And you know, naturally, this guy standing there, this king, amen. I'm standing there, like I said, I'm in the crowd. And Jehoshaphat is there, and he's letting everybody know, hey, we got four nations coming up against us, and they're only a couple days out. You know, and I'm right there, and I'm front and center, and I'm like, hey, so what are you going to do? What's going to happen? How are you going to protect us? I got my family in here. I got my grandkids in here. You know, you're looking to the king to lead. You're looking for the king to be a king and to lead, to lead the nation. Amen. And so I'm standing there front and center and I'm questioning and I'm probably getting on Jehoshaphat's nerves. 
Like, hey, buddy, what are we going to do? Come on, man, we're losing time. We're losing daylight. We're losing minutes. What do we got to do? Are we bringing out the big guns? Are we calling the military? You've been building it up for 25 years. Amen. They've been out there in the desert doing push-ups and sit-ups for 25 years. You know they're strong. What are we going to do? What's going to happen? And you know, Jehoshaphat does something that most of us naturally wouldn't do. As Brother Greg was talking about on Sunday. There's a lot of times in our life that we don't pray before we act. We don't even pray before we speak. We don't pray before we respond. And so in the natural, it makes sense. It makes sense to fight back. It makes sense to gather the military. It makes sense to hold a grudge. It makes sense to run and hide. It makes sense to isolate ourselves when troubles come. It makes sense to be influenced a certain way. It makes a lot of sense. Can somebody say amen? Let's go to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. I want to show you something. Amen. It's good to have my son, our son Daniel, amen, in the house today. Amen. Walked in during service and with these glasses, I can't see that far. I had to do a double take. Amen. These are for reading. I'm glad he made it. I don't know if you just drove back in from Indiana. Amen. But I'm glad you're here, son. First Samuel chapter 17. I want to show you something. Because even the most powerful and trained men can respond. In a negative way. First Samuel chapter 17 verses 10 and 11. The Bible says this. And the Philistines said. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we can fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines. Remember. When Saul and all Israel. Everybody say all. When Saul and all Israel heard these words. Of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Amen. And in verse 24, it says this that all, everybody say all, all of the men of Israel. How many men do you think were there? All of the men of Israel. That's a lot. That's like innumerable when you say all. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the men, not the army. <laughs> look, at, look at this. This is crazy. All of the men of Israel could have been a thousand, could have been a hundred thousand. Could have been a million. 
it just says all of the men of Israel. Amen. When they saw the man, one man, all the men saw one man. Amen. I don't know about you, Brother Greg, but I never walked away from a fight when it was one-on-one. Not even when it was, it was one-on-three. I figured I could do three. Might get hurt, but I'll be there. Amen. Not no more. But back in the day, yeah. But we're talking about thousands of men running from one man. We're talking about an army of men running from one man. Amen. It says, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. They weren't afraid. They were shaking in their boots. And you know what they did, Brother Greg? You know what happened for those of you that don't know the story? It's talking about King David as he was there tending to his father's sheep and his brothers were in the army. They were in the military and they were fighting against the Philistines. Amen. And Jesse comes and tells David, hey, I want you to take this bread and this food over to your brothers. They're over there fighting a battle. Amen. And here comes this little uh, Rudy Poot boy. Amen. All dirty looking like the little rascals and he's carrying a basket of bread and some food. Amen. And he rolls up on the scene and he he sees a bunch of grown men shaking in their boots, amen, hiding behind the rocks, uh, in the trees, in the caves, uh, and he's looking around, and he's like, what's going on here? Where are my brothers at? Hey, shh, be quiet. They're going to hear us. Get over here. Get over here. Isn't that what the Bible says? That's exactly what the Bible says. And here we got this little boy, 12 years old, amen, walking around. And he's looking and he's like, man, you're supposed to be my example. You're supposed to be my brother, amen. What are you doing over there cowering behind the rocks? There's a thousand of you guys and there's only one guy in the valley. Let me get at him. He says, is there not a cause? And that's powerful because that's what's happening in today's society where people are bowing down to the Goliaths of the world. And they're running from Goliath and they're shaking in their boots and they're, they're full of fear and they don't want to step out and they don't want to be a good king and they don't want to be a godly individual. Why? Because it doesn't go, amen, with what society wants. And so what do we do? We follow them. But not Jehoshaphat. Because Jehoshaphat does something that by human standards makes no sense at all. None whatsoever. Think about it. You got a military. You got all the bombs. You got all the archers. 
You got all of the soldiers. You got all of the spears. They've been training for 25 years. You've been building them up. Amen. And four nations, amen, are coming up against this guy. And what does this guy do? He does what nobody else would do. He doesn't get his military together. He doesn't count his soldiers. He doesn't count his archers. He doesn't put his snipers out front and center he doesn't even scout out the land amen you know what he does the bible says that he gets down on his face he gets down on his knees and he begins to cry out to god how many of us have done that how many of us are doing that today that find themselves in a place where they have to make a life-changing decision. Have you sought the Lord? You know, people come to me and my wife and we talk and, 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 and the first thing I ask them is, have you prayed about it? What is the Lord saying? Because a lot of times we respond the way we know how. Like this. Or we respond without asking questions. We respond, we jump into things and we don't have it planned out. You know, just recently we were helping out this young man. Amen. As I come to a close. Uh, we were helping out this young man, amen, and good young man, great young man, amen, and and it was a, an honor to have him in our home, amen, And uh, uh, but he ended up leaving. He ended up going uh, back home, amen, and uh, uh, the first thing I asked him, I says, hey, what's your plan? Me and my wife sat with him. What's your plan? heard him out and as a parent you know you just want to sometimes amen you just want to give him a good one maybe the light will turn on maybe But obviously, I shared my opinion. And I shared it the same way that I do with my children. And I says, did you seek the Lord? Got to go. Okay, my prayers are with you. back up against the wall. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 to trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all of your mind and all of your soul. And lean not to your own 
understanding. How many times do we lean to our own understanding? How many times do we go about life, Brother Greg, and go weeks without seeking the Lord? Go months without inquiring of the Lord? Go years? And then we find ourselves in a place where We've messed everything up. But you know what's so great and so wonderful? That even when you mess up, God's still there, willing to receive you. Because God knows I've messed up many times. You see, Jehoshaphat was blessed because He did what his father did. You see, King David wasn't a perfect man. But in everything he inquired of the Lord. And can I tell you, fathers, today that your children are looking at you. They're watching you. Is dad going to seek the Lord? Is dad going to inquire of the Lord? David left a great example for his son Jehoshaphat to follow. And because he followed it, he prospered. The people prospered. The nation prospered. Now, I'm not going to go on to the rest of the story because I feel like there's so much here that God wants me to continue with it. And so we're going to leave it right there because I, I, I feel like God has, has already brought out the main point for us today. And you're probably saying, well, pastor, traditionally you should be preaching a message of, of thanksgiving. This is a message of thanksgiving. Because if you continue to read on in the story, because of the decision that Jehoshaphat made, and he assembled the congregation, in verse 13 through 17, the Bible says this. It said that the three oldest sons of Jesse, oh, we're going back, Second Chronicles chapter 20. 13 through 17. When Jehoshaphat got word that the nations were coming up against him, he didn't run. He didn't flee. He stood steadfast. He dug his heels into the ground. And he said, I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to be a little afraid, be a little scared. But my fear will not decide my fate. And when he made that decision, the Bible says in verse 13, 
that all of Judah with their little ones and their wives and their children stood before the Lord. And the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon somebody who was in the crowd, a man by the name of Jehaziel. And he said this. He said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says to you. He says, do not be afraid nor be dismayed because of this great multitude coming your way. For the battle is not yours, but is God's. He says, so tomorrow, go down against them. And they're going to come up. And you're going to find them at the edge of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. He says, but you will not need to fight in this battle. He says, only position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. That right there, my friend, is what happens when you inquire of God. That's what happens when problems come your way and you stand still. The hardest thing to do, Brother Peter, is to stand still when something's going on. The hardest thing to do is to keep our mouth shut when something's happening. It's the hardest thing to do. Because it requires self-control and it requires patience. Oh my God, this message has spoken to me in so many ways tonight. But I want you to let that sink in for a moment. Because I'm sure Jehoshaphat sure was glad to hear <laughs> that he wasn't going to have to fight. I'm sure he was so glad to hear that God was going to fight his battle for him. And none of this story makes any sense at all if you read it. It makes no sense. None whatsoever. Some people might think Jehoshaphat is a little off up there. Amen. Because naturally, we want to get down and dirty. We want to put the hurt. We want to go for the kill. Amen. 
Let's take care of it fast, quick, in a hurry. Let's get it out the way. Let's do it. Amen. And so, knowing that this was happening for him to do that, it made no sense. But that's the beauty about serving the Lord. It really is, church. That's the beauty of putting all of your trust in God. That is the beauty of it where you don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I don't know how it's going to... I don't know. I don't know. But I'm giving it to God because God knows. And when God wants me to know, He'll let me know. He'll make it happen. You know, Jeremiah 29 and 11, we all know the scripture, amen. The Bible says uh, that uh, um, our thoughts are not His thoughts. Our plans are not His plans. Our ways are not His ways, amen. But He says in the Pastor Larry Quillen version, He says, don't trip, I got you. Amen. He says, I'm going to, my plans for you are to prosper you. You know, I got this message. After I left your office, God began to give it to me. But he took me back. He took me back to your message and he took me back to the Saturday that I was paintballing. Because being just a few years shy of 50, I have a huge problem, Brother Greg, of signing up for things that are going to bring me pain. You know, you know, you know, five years ago, even ten years ago, you know, you want to play basketball? You sure? You sure you want to play basketball with me? You know, I still had a little bit of uh, feist in me. But now my bones are hurting and certain things are going on and I just don't have the wind that I used to have. And I, I would rather sit back on a chair with a nice mason jar with some Kool-Aid in it and watch my boys hurt themselves or hurt somebody else. Amen. But like I said, I really didn't want to go paintballing because I remember the last time I went paintballing. And you remember, I had welts all over my body and I had a big old slap on my neck and I couldn't feel my finger for a week. Because I got hit with a paintball on it and I felt like it fell off. And like it wasn't there. It hurt. I was in pain. And that pain lasted for two weeks. And I vowed that I'll never do it again. I didn't say it openly, but I was like, forget this. And so when the invite came out, you know, I want to be the, you know, 
I want to spend time with my boys. So I went, and uh, I got there, and people were suited, man, like Ninja Turtles. They were out there with helmets on, and they had infrared on their, on their paintballs. And I'm over there getting the rented stuff. No, I didn't wear shorts. No, not this time. I went with long sleeve, and I even took work gloves, and, and, and I had a paño and a sweater, everything wrapped around my neck, and, and I even paid extra. We paid extra. I told Renee. Renee goes, Dad, I got you. I go, man, you better get me everything they got in there. I got the vest, the back, the side, and then the shoulder pads, all kinds of stuff. Amen. Got a big extra helmet. Amen. I said, but, but you know, I was a little afraid. I was a little afraid, Brother Peter, because I'm seeing guys there, and they're like, and they're shooting out like 30 balls in, in, in a second. And, and I'm like, man, I was just waiting. I was like, man, if there's a grenade, I'm going to throw it at you guys. I was a little afraid. And you know what I did, Daniel? I, I stepped away from the crowd. I went to my truck and I said, Jesus, I said, I need you, Jesus. I did. I said, Lord, please let me not feel it if I get hit. Be my shield. Be my protector. Because, you know, this old body can't take this pain anymore. And you know what happened, Brother Peter? The Lord heard my prayer. And I'm not trying to minimize what I just taught. I'm just letting you know that I inquired of the Lord. I begged Him to let me walk away without a scratch. And we went out there the first time, and I took out like three people. Bam, 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 bam. I was like, I was like a sniper out there. God was with me. Amen. I was sniping people out. And we ended up overtaking the other team. And I didn't get touched at all. We went in the second time. And I stayed in so long that I ran out of paintballs. Amen. So I called myself out. I was like, hey, I pulled up my gun and I walked out. And I was like, hey, you got a refill? Hey, you got a refill? Hey, you got a re Nobody wanted to give me a refill. I walked out. And then the third one, I don't know what happened. My son-in-law was in front of me. He wasn't moving fast enough. I was trying to protect him. Man. He's like, let's go over there and hide and in my mind, I'm thinking, hide. I'm doing fine standing out in the open. God's been guarding me. So as soon as I go over there, I get hit. I fired one shot. And I got hit. Didn't even feel it. Guy next to me said, hey, you got to go out. You got hit. And I was like, what? Didn't even know it. And I thought to myself, man. I need to inquire in the Lord more. 
Jehoshaphat got victory. And here's how we tie it into Thanksgiving. Is that our victories bring an attitude of gratitude? When we have victory in our life, there's contentment. There's joy when there's victory. But victory only comes by way of prayer. You want to live a victorious life? That'll bring about a thanksgiving. We should be thankful in all things, the Bible says. But come on. When things are good, things are good. And we're thankful for that. But it all comes by way of prayer, Brother Peter. Prayer is the most important tool and weapon that we have in our arsenal. If you have no victory in your life, maybe you should take inventory of your prayer life. Get back to prayer. Get back to falling on your face. Somebody says, Pastor, I pray every day on my way to work. Well, the Bible says to get into your closet and pray. How do you do that while you're driving? There's too many distractions when you're driving. There's too much going on. You can't really get into prayer while you're driving. God wants to be intimate with us. He wants to be personal with you. Amen. Without distraction. Do that and you'll start seeing victory in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. Man, we thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that you do for us in our life, Lord. We thank you for all of the good things. And we thank you for the times, Lord Jesus, that we need to inquire of you. We desire to prosper, Lord. We desire to be successful. But we desire, above all, more of you. Father, I pray for every family that is watching online. I pray for every family that is here, present in person, Lord Jesus. I pray that tomorrow... Amen, would be a special time, amen, of thanksgiving with their family and their loved ones. Father, I pray for those that are traveling from near and far, Lord Jesus. I pray for those that don't have anything, Lord. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would send somebody their way, Lord Jesus. Provide a meal for those that are homeless, for those children that are in the orphanages, Lord Jesus. Provide for them sustenance tonight in Jesus' name, amen.